here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den Podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the PPC Den Podcast, your place for all things Amazon advertising. Let's crush some competition. Let's rise to new heights. Uh, today, I'm joined by my good friend, a great and talented business leader, Amazon PPC agency owner, Brent Zaradnik from AMZ Pathfinder. Welcome back to the show, Brent. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me again. Oh, yeah. So it's that, it's that time of year. Uh, you are either listening to this at the tail end of December or just at the start of January. It's time for reflection. It's a time for appreciation. And it's a time to send a little Christmas wish list to Amazon. So this is our wish list for things we would like to see in Amazon PPC in 2022. Uh, so we have our list and we've got it in a different couple different sections, optimization tools we'd love, reporting tools we'd love to see, budget and money tools that we'd love to see inside Amazon advertising, and finally, quality of life upgrades. Uh, and we've got a really cool variety. And I hope that the takeaway for this episode is when you start to get really familiar with tools, you can really start to say, man, I wish it did this because if it did, I'd be able to accomplish X. And when you turn into that kind of optimizer, I think you start to see a lot of doors open. You start to sort of relax when it comes to Amazon advertising. You can really uh, improve and be less intimidated by Amazon advertising. So that's my sort of wish for you, dear listener, in this episode. Um, Brent, this is the first kind of episode we've done like this, a little creative one, a little wish list. How is it putting together this list? It was funny. When we first started brainstorming it, I thought, man, I can't think of anything. And then we immediately had like 20 items, <laughs> so much, so many so that we needed to actually you know, omit a few and clean up, clean up the shop room floor a little bit, cut, you know, take the cut loose ends out of there. Uh, and so I think we, uh, our brains have been churning on this maybe subconsciously, things we hear from our team, things we hear from the industry, things we see in Facebook groups, all these things give us ideas about what could potentially be there. Um, this is more than just cut, copy, paste from uh, Google Ads, although there's some of that. But in general, Amazon's a different beast, so it has some different considerations. Should we just jump right into it? I don't see why not. Let's do it. Section one, optimization tools. Uh, so take it away. Uh, well, th was this first one yours or mine? I think this was mine. This was I'll yours, I think. I'll yeah. take it and run. So the okay. first thing that I would love to see with Amazon PPC in 2022 is better control over my retargeting ads. Um, so 
Yeah, you're right. You know, some of this is inspired by what you're able to do on Facebook ads and what you're able to do with Google ads. And then seeing it roll out for seeing a similar type advertising product roll out for Amazon and then being like, oh, man, I wish it did this. I can't believe it doesn't do this because this is the best part of doing retargeting on Facebook, for example. Uh, and to me, the thing that I'd love to see on Amazon advertising is better control over retargeting. What I mean by that is I would love to be able to easily bid differently for people that have viewed my product in the last 24 or 72 hours, you know, bid a little bit more aggressively on them because they're, you know, maybe more in the buying mode and then bid a lot less on them if they've seen it from, you know, seven days to 21 days after viewing my product. Um, being able to really simply like add those targets and bid differently and be able to really control it. So like I know that my audience from seven to 21 is not seven to 21 days is different than my audience from like three days to seven days is different than the audience from the last 72 hours. Like I'd love to be able to bid differently, set budget allocations for each group uh, because these groups generally perform much differently uh, on other platforms where you can do this kind of more nuanced segmentation of your retargeting. So that is something I would love to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to uh, expand on it a little bit, I mean, Amazon did recently give us the ability to change the timeframes, I believe, mm -hmm. from 30 to 7, 14 days. Uh, and we have the ability to do purchase retargeting too, which is something I got to say, we honestly haven't tried very much at Pathfinder yet. And it's yeah. really suitable for only for some clients that have, you know, CPG goods and things that are being purchased more frequently on a schedule. But uh, to add to that, uh, I guess this kind of falls into their reporting, which is the next big section. But uh, if we had better information from Amazon on how frequently things are being repurchased, that would actually allow us to, uh, yeah, do a better job with retargeting for the purchases aspect of it. And then we'd be able to dial it in. Yeah, a repurchasing report. We didn't even have this on our list. But it'd be no, great to we see. just made it up right now. <laughs> yes, uh, it's very easy. Very easy for us to have these wish list items. How about number two? This is less of a, this is, this one's really a fantasy. I would love to see cheaper top of funnel traffic. Uh, and what I mean by this is generally the way that it should work is that the more broad you go with your audiences, the cheaper the traffic should get. Like it should be more expensive for me to bid on the keyword mason jars than target anyone who is in market for buying a kitchen gadget. Mm -hmm. uh, like these two things should have a pretty different price difference. Like if I go on Google ads and I type in, you know, lifestyle, like cooks, and that is going to be a lot different price per click than if I go to Google search and, you know, we're just talking about bidding on the keyword, uh, like Mason jars. So like that kind of thing, I would love, love, love like better. And I think the way that, you know, you get there without it being a complete fantasy is just with better control, uh, maybe better ad placement uh, to be able to say like, hey, for this very top of funnel, like have never seen, have never seen my ads before um, bid this way. And and that kind of loops back into my first one where you can have like some kind of like negative audience targeting where you can say audience has never seen my products before, like bid X amount. Like that'd be a really cool feature to help sculpt how much we want to pay per click for that top of funnel traffic. So that's another little wish list item I'd have that I'd love to be able to play with and optimize. 
Yeah, to build on that, so not only you said, you know, how much I pay cost per click for it, but there's CPM as a, a very new cost type that's been introduced and Amazon gave us a new column for that. My question, I guess, is what we discussed kind of before the podcast is like, why is it so expensive still? <laughs> why are so why are some of these CPC models and CPM models both relatively speaking so expensive for what we're getting and what we're seeing on other platforms and what we're used to? It seems like they're too costly. It 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 really does. It really does seem like CPCs in 2021 have gone up way, way too fast. Uh, and I think it's just because they have every single ad placement competing against every other single ad placement. Uh, and then it's kind of just like a race to the top of like, you know, because it's just like this weird kind of auction. So it can get very expensive very fast. And these optimization wishlist items will help us like get control of that and improve that, which take us to our third optimization tool wishlist item, Brent. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's take it away. So this is per keyword placement bid settings. So everyone uh, listening to this podcast is a super user of Amazon ads, I'm sure. And they all have used the placement settings for, uh, you know, Amazon uh, sponsored products, but at the campaign level, right? We're talking yes. about keyword here. Yes. So Plus course, 100 top of search <laughs> and chill. Right. That, that kind of thing. <laughs> that kind of thing. No, no. 100. You mean 900. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> we all are the blog posts. Um, yeah, so I think that because like a common practice that we what we do at Pathfinder and many other companies, I'm sure, is like, well, if we want to isolate this truly, we're going to build a distinct campaign that's going to have you know X amount percentage bid up by let's say top of search. Uh, I'm I'm sure you could do um, what it, whatever the other one is, uh, you know, product page that has use too. But uh, what if we could do that per keyword instead of per campaign? This would eliminate the need to build all these extra campaigns and we'd have a lot better visibility into it and be able to modify bids um, by, by doing that. So yeah, why not? <laughs> why not have this ability? I think one thing that might be standing in Amazon's way a little bit is the kind of backend you know, volume of data that's gonna come out of this is tremendous because you're doing it at the keyword level instead of the campaign level. Uh, Mike, as someone who's a tool provider, I think you know all too well, search term data is a massive, massive amount of the data that you guys have in your databases, right? You have campaigns, ad groups, keywords, that's all cool, you know, that takes up some room, but then the real volume is search term data. That's where there's a huge bulk of things. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's the case for them here. Maybe they're intimidated by that. I don't know, Amazon's not really intimidated by much, but just I, yeah. like kind of spitballing there. I don't have any, symp I don't have any sympathy. <laughs> I mean, you know, and of course, I'm uh, literally being an uh, armchair uh, critic, but like a lot of engineers, a lot of like basically like unlimited money, like, come on, give me give me placement settings by keyword. Um, but yes, you know, at one point in time, you were able to get non-click impressions in your search term report. Uh, it was crazy because like, you know, if you only have a 1% click through rate, you're only going to see that 1% of all your impressions in your search term report. Uh, but at one point in time, you were able to see all hundred percent of your search terms. It was marvelous. A lot of, lot of things you'd get a lot of trap. You, you'd see a lot of stuff, but, a long uh, time ago. <laughs> oh yeah. But yes, placement bid settings on a per keyword basis would be game changing. Uh, and then how about this one? Negative placement bid settings. Like, can I bid a little bit lower on rest of search, please? How about that? Mm -hmm. Give me that. Give me that. That's probably, that, that, that's definitely a wish list item. I think that is bubbled up every year. Please give me better placement bid settings, the ability to negative placement. Uh, 
So yeah, these are, these are just some of the optimization tools that we really be looking at. Uh, with that, let's jump to the second section. This is a big one. Alrighty, reporting. Uh, so, you know, so much of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis is just looking at data and then deciding what the best action is to take. And if we had better reporting capabilities, you would have an easier time finding the data that's going to really move the needle, boost orders, improve ACoS. So take us through the first reporting wishlist item we'd love to see. Uh, I think this is one I contributed to. So spend in orders more up to date. And what do we mean by up to date? Um, if you're looking at, let's say, a campaign uh, on Cyber Monday, <laughs> as many of us were very yep. recently, you'll see that the campaign says, oh, budget, budget's been reached. You know, we're, we're nearing out of budget. And maybe your campaign budget is $200. And you look at the spend level that's in there so far, and it says $125. And you say, well, where's the other $75 if I'm out of budget? What's happening here? Well, Amazon's reporting uh, with what's showing up in the interface and what's actually happening on the ground, so to speak, uh, in, in the uh, real-time uh, environment of the uh, ad ecosystem are not matching. And of course, orders, we could do a whole podcast about attribution, but those also take a lot of time to catch up. So you can't make uh, decisions about aspects of optimization based on this, uh, let's say, out-of-date or incorrect information. It's very tough, very tough, very inconsistent. So getting your spend and orders more up to date, like being able to log in and like view data for today and have it be a little bit more accurate, game changer. Uh, how about number two in the reporting section? Easier access to competitive metrics. Um, so this is like the whole category of like competitive metrics in PPC, I think is my favorite area because if you're bidding a dollar it'd be cool to see like with real data not just like the suggested bid malarkey but like the actual thing like this like this is literally what uh the average uh, you know your top 10 percentile competitors are bidding so on and so forth mm -hmm. it'd be awesome to see that right inside um the ad interface i think that'd be amazing so like getting that yeah. competitive metric data a little bit easier a little bit more embedded into the workflow like actually in the console as an actual column i would think that'd be amazing i'd love to see that right so suggested bids as i understand it because let's rewind to that is 25 50th and 75th percentile based on what's going on in the in the environment right now and i remember how hype we all were when that came out because that was exciting and definitely more insight we had ever had into into that. And I think those are still a nice guide or a starting place, but I'm thinking about, yeah, in, in the console itself, but also if we zoom out a bit more, uh, the example I gave in our sheet here for the notes is like brand metrics, which mm -hmm. is uh, something that we have in what Amazon calls, I guess, general availability. It's like everywhere now. I see it in all of our US client accounts and many European ones. And that gives us some interesting information uh, regarding like oh awareness and purchase and there's like one other step in between and it gives us like percentile information but we still don't have like per competitor or per um you know individual subcategory uh for things like cost per click I'm, I'm not sure if amazon would even like to pull back the the kimono on some of that stuff maybe mm -hmm. that's like something they wouldn't really keep uh internal for whatever reason maybe it's competitive with other uh, marketplaces or ad platforms, or maybe they just don't want us to have that level of information. But boy, I mean, if we're making a wish list, this is not a yeah. let's be practical list. This is a wish list. <laughs> I would like to see that, right? Yes. 
for sure. Uh, let's take it to the next wishlist item, which is better data for top of funnel to bottom of funnel movement like a click path. Ooh, this would be exceptionally nice. Imagine if there was a report that told you of the people that purchased through your sponsored products, X percentage, the 20% of them clicked on a sponsored display first. Or, hey, your sponsored display that you just turned on, which is very top of funnel, is providing a 13% boost to your bottom of funnel final sales. Like that would be really cool to see. And it would really change the landscape of like how you approach different ad types and different stages mm. of the funnel, like talking about a top of funnel lifestyle targeting display ad, which is very broad, being able to relate that very broad awareness type campaign down to tangible orders, I think would be amazing. I feel like what's happened in the past six months, eight months, is that Amazon has given us all these great targeting features, bid features, uh, timeframes and stuff to use with sponsor display and said, hey, go spend against this, give it a shot. But what they haven't done is given us a lot of the attribution and this full funnel uh, view of how the journey looks for a customer to make it, let's say, build a stronger case for why we should be spending against that. Yeah. So what mm -hmm. a lot of sellers do, and I talk to sellers and people in the industry all the time who tell me this, like, yeah, we run sponsored, uh, sponsored display, we tried CPM and like, spent thousand dollars and got like 500 percent a cost yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like well what were you aiming for because was it uh was it a cost because maybe your money would be better put elsewhere maybe it was impressions or maybe it was clicks on the page or uh if amazon had a better system of you know providing additional columns we would be able to see what you mentioned which is like mm -hmm. well actually you know 20 people saw these ads and then of those 20 people 15 of them went on to buy but they clicked on your sponsored products later on that's really valuable information. I feel like Amazon kind of shot themselves in the foot by giving us these tools, but then not giving us the, I don't know, I think of it as like connective tissue, you know, to mm -hmm. kind of tie the two muscles together so they can move in unison. Yeah, there was some statistic that I saw in some document somewhere that said like, if you're running all the different ad types with all the different targeting, you will see, like for a new product, you will hit like an average number of reviews in that category. like. X percent faster if you're running all of them as opposed to just sponsored products. But like, let us see that inside of our account so we can like look at it and be like, okay, it's working. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Thanks for letting me know, Amazon. Uh, now, where can I get that information? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next one, which is visibility into what products are not being spent against different campaign types. It's a little bit of a mouthful. I think this was one yeah. of yours. So walk That's us through this. a classic Brent sentence, so that must have been me. Classic Brent <laughs> malarkey. Classic Brent malarkey. Usually my second edit's my good one when it comes to writing. All right, edit it for us. <laughs> yeah, the idea here is like, you have, um, you know, let's say 50 SKUs and okay, 10 of those are maybe your top sellers. Maybe there's some parent-child, you know, relationships going on there that are uh, helping facilitate some of those. But then you have a catalog of like mid and down catalog products that maybe aren't getting that much spend. Maybe you have a product in the middle of your catalog. Let's say it's SKU number 27. I'm just, you know, making this up. And it does okay, you know, but it could actually be really encouraged by further ad spend, especially because you're currently not spending against it with sponsored uh, products. Um, 
and you are only using it in, let's say, like sponsored brands and like a couple campaigns, it's not really getting a lot of attention on keywords and it's not in any sponsored display. So it's like, if you look at like a, I think of it like a, I don't know, like a stoplight, you know, you'd be like red and red and then green with another one. If Amazon had a way to uh, intelligently put that in front of us, uh, and you know, they don't necessarily need to make direct recommendations. And we do this as a report at Pathfinder because we think it's necessary. Uh, we, you know, we schedule it and do it all the time and think about, okay, where's our coverage? We call it like ad coverage report or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but wouldn't it be nice if Amazon just highlighted that for us? Uh, you know, and then gave us maybe some light recommendations or at least uh, you know, a notification of what we're missing because those products are missing out on potential visibility and sales and exposure. Even yes. if they're getting a little bit now, they could probably benefit from a lot more. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, n- next one, the fifth one in our reporting section is conversion rate as a key metric placed everywhere. Talk to <laughs> us. So, so I think this was another one of yours. Talk us through conversion rate. Yeah, and you know, you and I have talked about this many times. I can't take full credit for it, not even close, uh, because everyone in our industry is, says, <laughs> "Where's the conversion rate?" Basically, you know, it, it should be front row center, every place, every report, everywhere, all the time. Why? Why is it not? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to me that in 2021, 2022, coming up very soon. Oh yeah. That we'll log into the ad console and I'll go and I'll look at all my great, wonderful stats in there. And I have ROAS and I have ACOS, which basically is the same thing, oh, yeah. but I don't have conversion rate. I have like literally a duplicated metric, but mm-hmm. I don't have uh, conversion rate, which is totally essential. And I have to go and calculate that by hand. Now it does exist in a lot of reports when you pull stuff yeah. out. Um, it's, you know, you can get it in any good third party software worth its salt. Uh, they're gonna have it in there for you. Yep. Uh, but it should just be everywhere. There's no excuse for this, basically. I'm, this is one thing I, if I met whoever at Amazon made this decision, I would yell at them. <laughs> it's not even like it's hard to do. This is not some big, like we talked earlier about like, oh, maybe it's a problem with their databasing. They're worried about the load on the servers. Well, guess what? Not in this circumstance, no excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on. And this kind of piggybacks onto the next one, right? Uh, which is into better integration between organic and ad metrics and vice versa, better integration between ad metrics into organic metrics. So, I mean, if you just take conversion rate as a perfect corollary, which is different than uh, unit session percentage, like it'd be cool to be able to see those things next to each other. And like, so we can differentiate between what these things actually mean and how they behave differently. Uh, it'd be really nice to see ad data inside an actual report like in the business reports so you can see like this is your uh organic views of a product this is your off amazon views of a product like traffic that came off of amazon and these are you know sponsored product views per product and sponsored brand per product and so on and so forth per product like that would be awesome Uh, and then imagine having that data inside your ad console like hand in hand interlocked like certain kinds of metrics metrics would be so powerful to have next to each other like if you can get um you know percent of total sales per product like linked in your ad console that'd be a really interesting metric to see so i'm i'm really i would really love to see better integration of like overall amazon metrics inside your um ad reports no doubt this is such a good one mike this is probably my favorite one that we actually have on the whole list because contextualizing what ads do as a part of the overall business for many of our clients is the most important thing. 
It's like, okay, we can talk to them all day about how great our conversion rate is and what we did to CPC, but like <laughs> they're interested in zooming out. Like they don't necessarily care that we kicked ass on one keyword. They're like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how does this relate to like profit? <laughs> like yeah. what is this gonna do for the growth of the business? Yeah. So uh, this is exciting for the two things you said that I really like is like, um, what if there was a stat in Advertising Console or somewhere, maybe in the report section that says, well, of your uh, sales for this product, this percentage is what came from advertising sales. Now we calculate that and make reports for that already. But what if we didn't have to do that? What if that was just somewhere that we could download? Uh, and then the secondary thing is, and we could probably do a whole podcast episode on this, but you know, inside of the reports area, not in the Ad Console, but just in Seller Central, you have uh, like sessions and everything like that, impressions and sessions. And like, what is a session on Amazon has actually been somewhat of an open question because there's different ways to count that. And if you ask Amazon, you get different answers. But what if we had a stat in there that said, here's how many sessions you got from ads. Now sessions and clicks are two different things. Mm -hmm. So you can't, there is, you know, roughly speaking, a one-to-one -one relationship in many cases, but not always. So just seeing that, in general would be uh, such a gift. Yes. Uh, up next we have being able, one of the most frustrating things as we talk about organic metrics uh, would be the ability for sponsor brand ads to be able to see individual product stats for sponsor brand ads. Um, this would be amazing because the, you know, you, you see product ad performance data for other ad types, but for sponsored brands, because you have these multiple ads and, and multiple products in one ad, you lose out on like, which was the one that got the click, uh, which was the one that got the purchase. And it kind of makes reporting a little bit more complicated to piggyback on what we just said, to be able to prepare a total ACOS report per product you cannot do because sponsored brands is a lumped together. So it's very, you can't do it uh, properly, but if we had the ability to see ad revenue per sponsored brand product ad on an individual product basis, that would be amazing. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm not sure how much of this I can talk about specifically, uh, but this is something I think is in, in the progress. <laughs> so this is the one thing I can say, like, I think it's happening. Uh, yeah, f from indications I've had and people I've talked to, uh, yeah, really exciting to, to see that coming next year. So you've got the... Um, I can neither confirm nor deny. You did the Ouija board. You did a Ouija board. <laughs> I did a Ouija board. Yeah, I had a call yes. and then we did a Ouija and yeah. Yes. You know, we have an international audience. Uh, I'd be curious on how uh, non-native English speakers think you spell Ouija. <laughs> or if it's maybe secretly a curse word in some language that we don't even know and we just are secretly cursing at people at the moment. I apologize if that is the case. We'll put the explicit <laughs> warning on this so you're not listening to your own children. Uh, the last one in this category of reporting is seeing off Amazon traffic more clearly, specifically Amazon PPC traffic. You know, we, have, we now have ad types that you can turn on in your Amazon ad console that will give you impressions off of Amazon. How many are there? You may never know. How many clicks are you getting from these off Amazon sites? You may never know which sites are they who <laughs> knows break out your ouija board maybe you'll find out but yes you can't you can't see this nor can you optimize for this like let's say you're appearing on some third-party site that is just doing totally awful maybe you're selling mason jars and they're appearing on a blog post or something that's like all about how bad mason jars are you wouldn't want to appear mm. on that page but mm -hmm. 
you may never know. So that is pretty frustrating. Right. And I hope that they, when they do give us this, they give us the ability to see it and optimize it at the same time. <laughs> because just being able to see it without being able to action it would be very frustrating. Be like, yes. oh, I don't want to appear on masonjarhaters.com. Oh, no, this is a waste <laughs> you, of money. Yes, you just see it and cry. Uh, let's move on to the third section, which is budget and moolah. Budget rules were a cool feature added in 2021. But in 2022, right. what would we both love to see? Uh, I think this first one is yours. So I'll let you mine. take this one. So yeah. I'll just take this. You would not love to see this, apparently. Uh, I would love to see that budget <laughs> rule that allows you to reduce budget. You can go uh, in there and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I would like to reduce budget if these things happen, whether it be a time of day uh, or some kind of ACOS thing happening. Just go ahead and shave the budget down. That would be neat. And um, just give me the drop down. We got the drop down that says how much we want to increase it. Let's just flip it to uh, how much we want to decrease it too. Uh, easy win, easy, easy win, I think, right there. Yeah, that tool in general, as we did an episode about it recently, is, is pretty well thought out. And I think you and I both agree, hey, it has utility. In fact, we've used it for some clients since since doing that because it you know comes in handy at this Black Friday, Cyber Monday times of year. And uh, interesting to see it has the ability to adjust by uh, performance, right? Which I think we concluded was the best part. But yeah, I mean, Amazon, it's like this conversion rate really no excuse <laughs> you could just say okay let's add a feature for reduction that's it that's all you need to do <laughs> we, we would love it it would be great yeah walk us through this next one allocation of budget at daily level feature for portfolios is that yes. another brent sentence this is another Brent sentence. Far too yeah. long, far too confusing. Um, so <laughs> thankfully, I'm better at speaking about things and writing them down. Um, I will say this. We love portfolios. They're great. Organizational purposes. We use them for all kinds of things, whether it's, oh, this family's product or it's this person who's at that company. They're responsible for this set of campaigns. Don't touch them. Or this is a launch portfolio, whatever. Um, there's many uses. One thing we use them for is budget allocation. Uh, yeah. However, there's something that's really, really missing from portfolios. We have the ability to do it uh, as a total budget for a month. We have the ability to um, do it, I think, for a total budget, like in general, just like, you know, we want to spend $2,000 for this portfolio over this length of time. It's not a monthly reset. What we need is a daily spend feature. So that is to say, we have seven campaigns in this portfolio. We want to spend $1,000 a day. Let's make sure that it's capped at that much. And then it's up to us to, you know, uh, you know, mess around with the campaigns that are inside of it to ensure that we're yeah. going to be hitting near or around that budget. But we would love, love, love this feature. And yet again, this is something so easy for Amazon to turn on. They just need to add one more drop down. I love it. I love it. Uh, last one in this category is what time exactly does a campaign run out of budget? How about that one? Yeah, this was... Uh, Another, another simple request. I think this one's probably much harder to coordinate, not only because time zones are uh, different across the world, of course, and most things that come out of Amazon are on Amazon time, that is to say, West Coast US time. Uh, and that will change depending on where you are in the world. Uh, so if you see, you know, oh, oh it's 5, uh, 5 p.m. or I guess uh, 1700 uh, hours uh, West Coast time, that could be different depending on where you are because the time zone has changed where you are. So that's complicated. But we have this new budgets tab inside of the uh, advertising console, which is great. And that gives us uh, one metric, which I really like, which is what percentage of time these campaigns were in budget. 
Well, that's nice. What time did they run out? <laughs> I want to know if it ran out at 10 in the morning Amazon time or if it ran out at 7.30 at night, you know, p.m. Amazon time. There's a big difference between those two uh, because that means that we weren't really showing for uh, the products in that campaign for the majority of the day or it means that actually we, we managed to do it until, uh, you know, let's say 10.30 uh, East, East Coast time, which would be 7.30 uh, West Coast US time. So we actually did it for like most of the day if you're targeting like a lot of the East Coast or the huge population centers there. So that's a big distinction. And same thing for the uh, account cap. So if you have an overall account cap in place, at what time did we hit that limit? When did we hit the red stop stoplight and you know stop spending? Would love to have some kind of reporting or notification based on that. Tell me about it. And with that, let's move to our last category, which is quality of life. All right, in this last category, we've got quality of life upgrades, which really just stands for things that will just make life a little bit easier. For example, this first one is the ability to easily switch between your North American marketplaces and your European ones, like, uh, you know, being able to just ease quick and easily go from us to uk without having to go to from amazon.com to amazon.co.uk would be easy simple win i would love to, love to see that yeah my only comment on this would be uh liz friend of the show and uh, uh guest several times i know she has a like uh, Google Sheet she keeps with all these links. And then I know other people that have uh, like bookmark systems that they have yeah. set up, you know, all, all of us consultants and agency people are clever. So we come up with ways to kind of work around yeah. some of the pain of this. And my hope is that the Amazon partner network with the, you know, unified login and the clients you can add and remove uh, would solve some of this, but it seems like it's still, still kind of a problem. Yes. Up next, we have bulk renaming in Advertising Console. Uh, talk us through that. Yeah, sure. So uh, this is a bit of an agency problem. I'll admit, you know, maybe not everyone runs into this, but let's say you start with a new account and you have to rename uh, dozens, hundreds of campaigns with your naming system to conform and be organized. I think, uh, like you probably agree, that having a solid naming convention and system is really important for. Oh, I've said it once or twice. Organization, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're you're known for it, yeah. Both at the um, campaign, but also the ad group level. I would argue campaigns are more important, but ad groups are also key to have to have dialed in correctly. And so doing that by hand um, is a nightmare. Uh, doing that with some kind of bulk operation sheet, very similar to um, the uh, bulk uploads that we all know and love, uh, would be wonderful. You cannot rename campaigns through bulk uploads like that at this time. Um, it is possible through various third-party softwares because each campaign and ad group has a unique ID assigned to it, and then that can be changed and re-uploaded. So it is possible, uh, and I've done it, but it's not something that exists inside of Amazon. I can kind of understand this particular one because I feel like the use case is kind of narrow, um, but yet again, it wouldn't be that hard, I think, for them to do it. Mm -hmm. Moving on to the third one in this category, which is a shared list, negative keyword list. Uh, yeah, this is actually straight out of uh, Google Ads. They've had it for a while. Um, in fact, uh, my... <laughs> like 15 years. <laughs> yes. You know, because normally you would go, like if you search a universal negative keyword list, you get these negative keyword lists that, like, of words that like most companies would never want to appear for. And like you can put that in one area of your account. And then just like when you're creating a campaign, you say, would you like to apply this negative keyword list? So silky smooth, very easy, very nice quality of life upgrade there. 
All right, this next one, Brent, you get lots of emails, I'm sure, <laughs> as an agency. Not anymore, I've set up filters. <laughs> yes, you but, gotta um, set up filters. You gotta set up filters, but this is uh, maybe another agency problem, actually. I keep highlighting all the agency ones, but this is my perspective, I can't help it. Uh, ability to remove myself from accounts. So uh, this goes for the team as well. Let's say that we do an audit for a potential uh, uh, client and they say, oh no, we found another agency or you know, we're gonna keep it in house or you know, thanks for the advice, but we're gonna do it ourselves. Whatever it is, you know, it's fine. Um, and then we say, okay, great, please remove us from the account. And then they don't do that. <laughs> and so from then on, we have another account we have to scroll through in the drop downs. When we add new tools, it tries to add itself to those tools and incur additional fees. It's also, I think most importantly, most chiefly, is a security risk. Um, we don't wanna be responsible for being attached to client accounts that we don't directly work with. And I think there's some news going around about this so-called like poison pill problem that some people are having where their accounts, I was talking with a former client about this just on email earlier this week. Um, and they have uh, been locked out of some of their accounts because they were connected to an account that was connected to an account that was connected to a 3PL that had somebody that was doing something bad. It's like this crazy chain of um, ownership that you know, it doesn't really make sense. But essentially, that's the biggest reason. I, I, I want to be able to remove myself and you know, make sure that I'm not responsible for any kind of issues with the security of that account, that person's business. These are people's livelihoods. It's a real serious thing. Yeah, for anyone out there who has given access to people, it's always good to go and double check on what you're, what, who you've shared it with so that you can go and just keep it tidy. You know, always keep it tidy, yeah. keep, it, keep it neat, keep it clean. Yeah, I, I would audit that every quarter at minimum. Oh yeah, yeah. For just sure. to make sure that anything that's in there is, you know, on a need-to-have basis, and even the permissions that those people have uh, are are as tight as they can be. You know, if something breaks, they'll they'll ask you. <laughs> um, so yeah, limit yes. those. Uh, how about this one? Better reliability of the interface. Oh man, it's so we're recording this on December tenth. And like for the last week, there's been just like all these odd issues going on with the interface. Like I saw one account, they haven't had a single order reported in their advertising console for about six days. Uh, there's no way that's correct. <laughs> crazy. Oh yeah, I mean going from like hundreds of orders a day in their ad console to zero. It's just bonkers. So better reliability of the interface. Um, and I mean, as a tool provider, we're constantly bumping up against like you know, things like misbehaving all the time. So like better, some better reliability of the, the ad console, I think would be a very nice quality of life upgrade. Easy one, easy win. Uh, this next one is better self refresh. This is a simple one. When you click to download a report or a bulk file, this thing, this weird thing happens where you just sort of sit and wait for it to finish. And there's not really, the screen doesn't refresh when you when the report is done. You kind of have to go and refresh it yourself. This is a really simple quality of life upgrade. Lo would love to see it. I'm gonna put a uh, addendum to this actually, which is that it's possible to automate, I believe a maximum of five reports to be run uh, on some kind of recurring schedule inside of the reporting area in Ad Console. Uh, why five? Why not 10? Why not? give us an infinite amount <laughs> because I think we're actually limited by that as an agency because we, you know, download and archive and save data for clients. Uh, and then, you know, if they need something, we have it or when we offboard them, we send it to them, make sure they have all their data. So yeah, it's good to, good to automate that as much as possible. But why five? Why is five the limit? It doesn't make any yes, sense to me. 
For sure. And this last recommendation, hopefully uh, people that work at Amazon are no longer listening um, because this one is sort of like, I would love better acknowledgement of like the click path, like I've mentioned before. So like seeing, hey, this top of funnel ad, yes, it has a high A cost. However, a certain percentage of these people eventually made it down to a purchase uh, but they ended up converting through another ad type. So like you have like second click attributed revenue, like say that like a second ad type attributed revenue. That would be amazing. And I feel like until we get that one wish that I have is to stop pushing these so hard on us. Um, because I see a lot of advertisers that are really struggling with like launching that CPM. I saw an email that they were giving away $200 to do a CPM campaign. And in my head, I'm just like, I've seen so many CPM based campaigns where the customer has spent five, you know, 500% ACOS, uh, thousands of dollars gone because they weren't truly aware of what they were launching. Uh, they just sort of saw this recommendation and launched it and they didn't truly understand where it was gonna be targeted, uh, how it was gonna be targeted. And it can get into some funky, funky situations. So I'd love like to see that come together so that we can have like recommendations and the data mashed together. Cause that would be nice. I would almost go as far to say like, it's kind of like a little sneaky, like inside retargeting. Like if you launch a retargeting ad, you could actually serve a retargeting in quotes ad to people who have never viewed your product. It's like, Oh, they viewed like similar products. And like, we're going to call this retargeting. Right. I don't like it. That's an excellent, excellent example. Yeah, it's a similar to, isn't it? And that audience inevitably was larger and will spend more, by the way, because it's not Ooh. so limited by a number of sessions like you're yeah. normally targeting. Yeah. So, Brent, we've got a long wish list. What's your guess on how many of them we will see come to life <laughs> in 2021? Uh, what, what, wow, how about I didn't this think one? about that. What do you think is most likely? Like, what do you think is actually going to happen here? Uh, I think that Amazon's going to give us conversion rate. It's going to be the number one new hot metric in town. We're going to see it all over, up and nice. down on every nice. report that exists. I and uh, I don't think there's any chance that they're going to set any of these features that reduce spend or reduce budget. Because <laughs> <laughs> some of these, yeah, some of these empower the advertiser to trim the fat a little bit, like blocking off Amazon placements or in negative audiences. Um, Conversion rate seems pretty likely. Um, I don't think, I don't think we're going to get any visibility into what, uh, into like this ad click path synergy between like all the different ad types. I would love to see that, but I don't think we're going to get any. Like I'd love to know, like uh, you know, of twenty percent of the people that clicked on a top of funnel sponsored display ad eventually ended up converting. I would love to. I think that's my number one wish list item. I'd love to see that. Okay. 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 I actually, I actually disagree. I think we are going to get that next year. I don't have any like secret info on this. I just think that that is something that they, every time I talk to someone from Amazon, I try to explain to them like, Hey, we love CPM. We love this new stuff. But uh, yeah, if we can't have these metrics to tie it together, we can't explain it to advertisers and clients and they're not going to go for it. So like make it happen. I'm not sure how soon that is. I mean, we've all heard these rumblings about Amazon marketing cloud. That's like in a super, super beta, super duper beta right now. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be one of these things that can help with this. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed on that one. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I hope this list 
has given you, dear listener, uh, maybe a deeper understanding of the tools that are available currently and the, the sort of like the things that we wish for in them could actually and should actually like help you optimize with the things that you currently have. So like when you're going and looking at that retargeting, be sure to pay attention to like, hey, one of those options is actually not retargeting at all. Um, so hopefully this gives you some end of year hope as we look forward into Amazon advertising in 2022, like there's going to be a whole bunch of new stuff without a doubt. Like advertising today in December, 2021 is way different than 2020 and like astronomically different than 2019. So like every year it's going to change. There's going to be a ton of new features and it's just a matter of like, Ooh, we would love to see them go in a little bit this direction, but undoubtedly it will be changing, shifting, evolving, if you will, like a, like a Pokemon. <laughs> I was gonna say like a snake shedding its skin, but I guess Pokemon evolution is like the same idea, just yes. in video game form. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you wish for personally this coming year? Maybe a, new, a little new bicycle? Uh, no, I got new, enough bikes. Good. More bike events. Bikes. More bike yeah. events. Yeah, that's one of my big goals per personal realm for uh, 2022 is more cycling events. I got a couple I'm signed up for already, both in Europe and in the US, so <sighs> excited for I love that. it. Well. Best of luck with that. And thanks. until next time, thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, dear listener, I'll see you next time here in the PPC Den. <laughs>